what if there was a new that actually got newer as time went on? What if there was a new that when time kept going, this new actually increased in strength, increased in glory, and increased in value? What if there was a new that conquered any and all old, a new so valuable that it exceeded all the riches on earth? Well, good day and welcome back to Live in the Light. I'm your host, Craig Turnbull, and joining me is our teacher, as always, Pastor Robbie Simons. And Robbie, we're starting a brand new series today called Made New. And and I don't know about you, but I woke up this morning and there was a little bit of a a soreness, a little bit of groaning. Yeah, yeah, like old age setting in for sure. (laughs) Creaking and groaning. You uh, mentioned that our new series is called Made New. And we're going to be studying 2 Corinthians chapter 5 for the next several days here at Live in the Light. And 2 Corinthians 5 is a beautiful unpacking of the gospel of Jesus Christ in ways we might not always think about. And particularly this first day as we open up verses 1 to 5 in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And yeah, the title is Made New and Groaning because the Bible talks about how we are called to something greater. So on this earth, we along with the rest of creation which is amazing to me, we groan. We are groaning for the world to come. We are groaning for the life that has been promised to us. And we are under, we live in tents here right now. Craig, you know this so well. And, and so God has allowed us to experience some sense of, of pain, but longing because ultimately, hey, listeners hear this, we are not made for this world. We are made for the world to come. And God's word has a very specific message to us today on this issue again. So for the next several days, tune in, be excited, get ready, because we're discovering what it means biblically to be made new for the glory of God and the cause of Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, I'm pretty excited about it, and I hope our listeners are too. Yeah, and I'm excited as well. Again, as Robbie said, a brand new series in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 called Made New. And in verse 2 today, Paul says, for in this tent we groan. Hey, the title of today's message is Made New and Groaning. Let's go now to our teacher, Pastor Robbie Simons. Let's open our Bibles now to um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Now with 2 Corinthians 5, we start a new series, which is called, you should be in tune with this now, it's called uh, Made New. Made New. We're looking at the gospel in the fifth chapter of 2 Corinthians, Lord willing, um, over the next four weeks. So let me ask you a question. Do you like new? Do you like new? Well, if you're human, you probably do. Um, Our world uh, loves new. We have it within us to love new. New what? Well, new new anything and everything, basically, right? Um, New clothes, uh, new cars, new homes, new New gadgets, new handheld devices, new smartphones, blah, 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 new games, new hobbies, new food. Today I had to take out of the fridge some food that was old, you know, like way past the due date, not good. Get rid of that, right? Bring in the new food that's also exciting. Um, We like new fun. Here's what I like new. I like, call me strange, I like new paint. 
Now, what I mean by that is I love a fresh coat of paint on a wall that's just been worn down. So right now in our house, I'm looking around and walking around right now and I see the baseboards. When you got four kids running around at a pretty young age, uh, they get beat up pretty quick, all right? So I'm looking at baseboards and trim and I see smudges and dirt and scratches and everything within me says, I wanna paint these things. Honey, can we buy some trim paint so I can start making these things look new, right? Because we love new. But there's more to this too when it comes to new. Inherently, we love new. We love new seasons. We love new days. We love new opportunities. We love new sense of health. We really love that. We love a new lease on life, right? We love new. Now, I get it. I get it. Because we love new in the sense I get this, because I think that we were created uh, by the creator to love new. We were created with a, a longing for what's right, what's new, what's fresh, what's beautiful, uh, what's real, what's new. I mean, new and so many, new just doesn't get old. Is that true? New just doesn't get old. Well, actually, depending on how you look at it, new does get old. In the world's way of looking at new, it does get old, but that's why we're so obsessed with the next new then, right? Because the problem with something that's new, you get enough time and it becomes old, yeah. So then we want the next new. Uh, an example of this recently was, I remember uh, seeing someone, he will left unnamed, but they, they uh, forgive them, they had an iPhone 4, okay? And the person seeing this person, with, if you're iPhone 4, no, no offense, all right? But, but I don't have one, but I don't have the newest one either, okay? But they were looked down upon like a lower class citizen because they didn't have the newest. Isn't that amazing how it starts and goes, 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 goes? And we're all obsessed about getting the latest and the greatest because we want the new. So what we really want, it's the new, new that we long for so much. It's the next new that drives us. Now, stay with me here. Okay, I'm going with this. I'm going somewhere somewhere with this, right? This is where this series is so glorious and so exciting. Here's my question now. With all our obsession with new as the world sees it, what if there was a new that never truly got old? What if there was a new that actually got newer as time went on? What if there was a new that when time kept going, this new actually increased in strength, increased in glory, and increased in value? What if there was a new that conquered any and all old, a new so valuable that it exceeded all the riches on earth? What if there was a new like that? You know what I just described to you? There is a new like that. This is the new only found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is one of the greatest purposes of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 for four weeks, it's really the Lord unpacking his version of new. You want to see new? Here's what new looks like. I love it so much. In some ways, what we expect, but in some ways, not what we necessarily would expect. Here's our theme verse, 2 Corinthians 5. Look at verse 17, okay? Verse 17, our theme verse, so kind of the whole chapter kind of uh, uh, runs around. Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is, a, tell me, a, a new creation, yes. And that means the old has passed away. Behold, tell me, the new has come. That's awesome. Someone is a new creation in Jesus Christ. The old has gone and the new has come. So everyone who has ever lived uh, on this earth has been created by God 
physically. Okay, all people ever born have been created physically, but there are those who have been created new by God, born again by God spiritually. And there's a big difference. Everyone's born once physically, but not everyone is born again spiritually. Those who are born again spiritually, they become new creations. And listen, when God creates something new spiritually, old won't even get a foot in the door. Now, there's so much to say about all of this, but that's why we're gonna take four weeks to do it. But here's the thing we wanna see. Made new, the gospel in 2 Corinthians chapter five. Now, behind me, you see these beautiful icons. And the icons are representing each week of where we're going in the four, Lord willing, all right? And the first week, we're gonna see this today. There's a tent, okay? Like, what's up with the tent? You'll find out in just a moment, okay? But the tent represents our human body. But when you're made new in Christ, this human body won't be there much longer and you're gonna get a new body in Jesus Christ. The tent will be gone. The house made by God is coming. The light bulb, new body, new vision. The second message is walk by faith, not by sight. It's God's vision for our lives. Third message, the heart, we get a new love. You're made new, you get a new love. You get a love for Christ, not love for self, love for Christ. Last week, we're gonna see, this is where our theme verse comes in. That's a sprout, that's a new life, new creation. That's the symbol of that text in the final verses of 2 Corinthians chapter five. Now, what's so amazing about this new, and this is again where we start this series today, is once you've tasted this new, if you've truly tasted this new, then you can never settle for old again. You can't. Like, you might struggle in a little bit, but in the end, you've tasted new, you want new. And when you, when you taste new and want new, what happens is you groan for new. When you've tasted the sample, you want the fulfillment. When you want the fulfillment, the Bible tells us we groan. We long for completion. We want to see it fulfilled because we've tasted it so good. And we want to have the meal then as a part of everything. And we long for that day when it's perfected, again, when it's fulfilled, when it's completed. And so that's why then our first sermon today is uh, made new and groaning, which I like that sermon title a lot, all right? I really do. Made new and groaning, and that takes us to our text here today, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5. Always got to do a bit of an introduction for the series, trying to introduce a little bit to the message, and now we finally get into it. Uh, first five verses, check it out. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 1. For, Paul says, Paul wrote this, inspired by the Holy Spirit, for we know that if the tent, which is our earthly home, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on, we may not be found naked, for while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened. Why? Not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Brilliant. Verse five, he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us, notice, the capital S Holy Spirit um, as a guarantee. That's our text. Uh, here's, our, here's our truth. Here's the outline for our truth. Here's where we start today. The first truth is, is about understanding I am made new and groaning. Number one is this. Um, my current tent is temporary. My current tent is temporary. I've been made new if I've been saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
I've been made new, and I understand then that my tent I live in, my human body, is temporary. And look at verse 1. For we know that if the tent, which is our earthly home, no question what Paul's saying right here, is destroyed, you die, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So the very first word in verse 1 is very important. It's the word for, okay? Now, what is for doing in verse 1 of chapter 5? For, the word for, is piggybacking on the previous truth, specifically in the three verses that preceded it in chapter 4. Now, 2 Corinthians 4 is another glorious chapter of God's word where Paul is pleading with God's people to live for what's eternal and not temporal. So look at 2 Corinthians 4, uh, verse 16. I want you to, to see this, okay? So Paul says here, he says, so we do not lose heart. Why, Paul? Why do we not lose heart? He's like, I'll explain. He says, though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. Now, why is that so significant and so exciting? You see that verse there? Verses 16 and 17, our outer nature is wasting away, okay? That's our physical body. Uh, hands up, everyone in the room who's aging right now. Anyone aging? Okay, good, okay. So your outer nature is wasting away. But notice the truth here. Our inner nature is being renewed day by day. Why is that so glorious and so powerful, okay? Think about it this way. This is awesome theology. The only thing in all of creation that is aging, yet technically is actually being renewed day by day, becoming more new, more glorious, more transformed, more powerful, more strong, more filled with hope, more reason to, the only person, the only people, the only thing in creation that's actually being renewed day by day is the believer in Jesus Christ. Everything else in creation is living but dying. All of the trees, all of the animals, all of the unbelievers, every single thing in creation is headed toward death with no hope, except for the child of God. The child of God on the outside, I love the Bible doesn't pull any punches, is wasting away. Thanks a lot. But it's true. We're wasting away. But inwardly, we're actually, because we're so focused on our tents all the time, we're looking at, our, at the tent we fail to see the reality, we're becoming more like Christ. Glory to God, okay? And we're being renewed day by day. Then he says in verse 17, for this slight momentary affliction, are you in trial right now? Do you have heartache? Do you have grief? Do you, do you have pain? Do you have forms of suffering? Hey, um, um, hear me, and because I do too, but I'm talking to me too then. Um, your trial, my trial, it's slight. Your pain, my pain, it's momentary. Um, your affliction and, and my affliction, it's not that big a deal when compared to the eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. See what, see what the Bible's always trying to get us to do? Don't look here. Don't look here. Look at where you're going to be. Understand what our reality is. There's a new life coming, man. It's, there's a whole other thing that's coming down the pipe, and it's going to be awesome. And the more we see him, and the more we see the reality, and the more we focus on there, What's, what's the whole point of these little verses here? Paul says, well, don't lose heart. You see that? 
Then verse 18, as we look not to the things that are seen, but look to the things that are unseen. Why? For the things that are seen, things we can touch, things we can touch, we can look at, this is all gone. It's transient, comes and goes. But the things that are unseen, faith in Jesus Christ, the love of God within us, the reality that we are born again, the hope of glory, Jesus within us, going to have, the things that we, our faith, things we cannot see, those are the things that are really gonna last for eternity. And see, this is, this is what Paul does. It takes us into the beginning verse of chapter five. You see? So this is what he's saying right here. This is, the, this is the lead in. So we come to chapter five, verse one, and building on this awesome truth of the gospel, the first thing, notice, Paul says, we need to know. He says, for we know is this, that my current tent is temporary. Now, by the way, notice Paul says, for we know, not we think or we hope, uh, for we know. Loved ones, look right here. Look right here. Do you want to be mature in Jesus Christ? If you want to be mature in Jesus Christ, you have to know this truth. What truth do I have to know? You have to know that this current tent is temporary. There's no chance of being mature in Jesus Christ if we don't know this truth. And if we know this truth biblically, we live this truth. How do we know the truth? We understand the reality, again, what's gonna be. We understand the reality of what this is right here. We understand the reality of the hope of glory. We know it, we live it. We act like it. We make our decisions based upon it. We pray like it. We seek God like it. It changes us. If you and I want to be mature in Jesus Christ, we have to know the truth of verse one of chapter five and we have to live it. There's no chance of maturity apart from that. Immature Christians keep living for the tent. They keep focusing on the tent, the world, the things that are seen. If we want to be mature in Christ, there are no exceptions to this spiritual principle and rule. None, no exceptions. You're like, I'm the first. No, you're not, no, you're not. There are no exceptions to this spiritual principle and rule and truth. Maturity in Christ understands what's temporary and understands what's eternal. Notice what Paul does in verse one. There's two contrasts. Can you see them? There's two contrasts. He contrasts the tent with a building from God and he contrasts an earthly home with a house eternal in the heavens. One is temporary, one is eternal. I think it's fitting that Paul here uses the metaphor of a tent to describe the human body. Why? Because he was a tent maker. How aware would Paul be of the short lifespan and vulnerability of a tent? After all, it was man-made. But then Paul says in verse one, he says, you can look at it there. He says, but we have a building from God a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. What is he talking about? The resurrection body of believers that is guaranteed for everyone who's been saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. This is what he's talking about. He's like, you got a tent, but the tent's gonna be gone, but a resurrection body's coming, given to you, the first fruits Christ proved for us. It's coming, it's coming, man, it's coming. A house not made with hands, rather made by God, eternal in the heavens. So once again, in verse one, once again, we're seeing a window into the secret of Paul's passion and fruitfulness for Christ. Now, can you see, can you, can you see the secret of why Paul was so powerfully used in his passion and his fruitfulness? Paul is saying here, he's saying this in verse one. He's saying, because my earthly body is just a tent, it's just a tent, it's temporary, it's transient, it kind of comes and goes. He says, the worst thing that can happen to me is the tent is pulled down. Meaning the worst thing that can happen to me is that I die. And if that's the worst thing that can happen to me is that my tent is taken down, well, that's not so bad. That's what he's saying, because it's just a tent. That's not really who I am. The reality of my resurrection body that is to come 
He's like, that's not such a big deal. I can die, but then actually I begin to live. If the tent is pulled down, when the tent is pulled down, loved ones, it makes way for the glory of God's house that is then promised for me. So a Christian funeral is sad for us. It is not sad for that person, okay? You do not have to feel bad for the believer in Jesus Christ who passes away because as they die, they begin to live. This is the whole point of this text. Paul's like, don't feel sorry for me, man. If the tent is gone, life is about to really start to live. So loved ones, what's mind-boggling then, what should be mind-boggling to every believer in this room right now, what's mind-boggling then, understanding the nature of the tent, human body, how much emphasis the world puts on the tent. It should be mind-boggling to believers. Think of all the attempts to dress up the tent, to beautify the tent, to support the tent, to remodel the tent, to decorate the tent. Think about that. But just remember, I mean, for the love of God, honestly, for the love of God, it's just a tent. We got to remember that. It's just, a, it's just a tent. It's a tent. It is. It's a tent. But you're like, but I, I like the tent. So this is an imperfect analogy I'm about to do here, okay? Because there's an infinite gap between a human body as a tent, but it's not my, my metaphor, it's, it's Paul's, it's the Holy Spirit's, it's God's, between the resurrection body that is coming, the eternal house made by God in the, in the heavens. But here's a picture of a tent, okay? So people, this is, this is the human body that people are obsessed over. And this is a kind of a nice tent, don't you think? Look at a nice color. It's got, it looks like it's like in good shape. It's you know, put together. The pegs are on the ground properly, all that kind of stuff. But in reality, it's a tent. And when compared to our resurrection body that is coming, now the imperfect analogy, but here's the next picture, okay? This is, this is the house, okay? This is the house that we get uh, from God eternal, not exactly this house, okay? But, but we're, we're comparing, would you want a 10 compared to this? Okay, no, no, hear me, hear me. I'm not advocating to go out right now and buy a mansion, okay? <laughs> You're missing the metaphor completely, okay? What we're doing is we're comparing current body on earth with resurrection body coming by the Lord. Now, anyone in the right mind that would choose, back to the tent, the tent, okay, over, next slide, this, something's wrong with them, right? But go back to the tent. But people in the tent say, yeah, but my tent's got a skylight. I love my tent. I, I focus so much time on my tent. I put so much money and investing and everything I want to do is about, the, about our, our body and, and I go get procedures and I do all these things with the tent. But wait, 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 but it's just a tent. What are you doing? The day's going to come. The day's going to come. This is destroyed. And then, put those light up now. And then, and then voila. <laughs> look, at, look at this. Look at the difference. Don't you see? This is, this is, this is the spiritual reality, what Paul's saying in verse one. He's like, it's just a tent. But the, but the glory that is coming for the, why would you live for the other when this is, this is going to be what's promised? But even, even this isn't nearly a good enough illustration of the contrast between where we are right now and what will be with Christ in our resurrection body. Every believer will live this. What's the point of all this? Don't live for the tent, man. Don't live for the tent. Do I take care of the tent? Yes, that's, that's fine. Take care of the tent, but don't worship the tent. Understand? It's powerful when we do that because after all, it's just a, it's just a tent, yes. My current tent is, is temporary. 
So what are we living for? Jesus helps out a lot here in John chapter 14. Jesus says this in verses two and three. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. That is so great. He's leaving, he's coming back. You, you're with me. I'm taking you to myself that where I am, you may also be. Yes, that is awesome. This is the reality this is the reality of, again, why we live. The 10 can't do this. Jesus can. Jesus says, you're mine. You're coming with me forever in glory. Praise the Lord. That's going to be awesome. Now, what I want you to see here, the application of this theology is so important. The verse that immediately precedes these two verses is this one. Take a look. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And then he says, in my house are... Father's house, many rooms. Notice, notice. The reason we don't get troubled and anxiety, worry, overly discouraged, ultimately, is because Jesus says, I got a place for you. Because I got some sweet eschatology. Last things, end times, future glory. Because my current tent is temporary. But the real, the real house is coming. See, the application, it, it calls us, it calls us higher. It, 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 it lifts us above our temporary circumstances. And loved ones, when this is lived out, this is so powerful. Now, what's one of the problems with Christian society, with, 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 with the church in our land, with, with the church around us? Right? What's one of the problems? Uh, many believers don't live this way. Many believers live as if the tent is more important than the future. That will not go well. That's no way to have passion and love for Jesus Christ. You can't, you can't serve both God and money. You can't worship the tent and somehow be fired up and fulfilled with the love of God. It just can't happen. But see, the starting point is, well, I understand that my tent currently is temporary. And this leads us wonderfully into truth number two, which is this. It's, it's, it's right to groan in this tent, loved ones. In fact, it's, it's biblical. Look at verse two. Um, for in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on, we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Okay, so much of what we're learning in this whole chapter and our passage today can be described as the already and the not yet. And if you haven't learned this before, this is very important to learn as a piece of theology to carry with you in life. In this context, what we're seeing here, this means there's an aspect of the already in both salvation, our salvation, and God's kingdom. There's also, in this context, an aspect of the not yet pertaining to salvation and God's kingdom. Let me explain it. So if you're like me, you read verses 2, 3, and 4, and if you understand what's being read, you groan as you read about groaning. If you're like me, you groan of the idea of longing to put on our heavenly dwelling and we groan for that because everything within you says, it's true, it's true, it's true. If you're like me, you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, okay? That's the already. And yet you 
wants so much more. That's the not yet. See, there's an aspect. We've tasted the Lord Jesus Christ. We've sampled him, and yet it's not yet fulfilled in him. We haven't fully been saved from sin and set free from the presence and power of sin yet. That's coming. So those are already part. I am saved, but the not yet part, but I shall be saved. If you're like me, you've had a taste of the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. There's been many moments where you're so overwhelmed with God's presence and spirit. You just, you can, you can sense it. That's the already. But then there's the longing for more. That's the not yet. There will be a day when his presence will be perfectly in every moment. Can you imagine? Every moment, the perfect, powerful presence of the Lord God Almighty. Well, amen. Thankful for Pastor Robbie's message today. God is good, isn't he, listeners? Uh, We hope that this series and this message in particular is encouraging you as you continue on in your life following Jesus Christ. But we want you to be aware that there are other messages and other series that we pray would be an encouragement to you as well. And if you'd love to check those out, please make sure you visit us online at liveinthelight.ca. Thanks for joining us today. We hope to see you again next time at Live in the Light. 